Good morning. Welcome to worship. Glad you've decided to join us today on this Memorial Day weekend. A few announcements before we get started. Reminder, as always, the tear-off portion in your bulletin. If you're a visitor, fill that out. Put in the offering plate as it goes by. We'll have a record of your attendance. And we would love to have any prayer requests you may have on the other side. Write them down. Put it in the offering plate as well. We can pray for you this week in the church office time. A few other announcements. This week is Wednesday night supper. We still do have it, subs this week. And then next Wednesday is our last Wednesday night supper until summer. So we're having our child care celebration dinner, and everyone is welcome to be a part of that as well. So two Wednesday night suppers left for the year. Uh, also a reminder that our high school and college graduation service is June 11th, a few weeks from now, and we're having a lunch together with the graduates I'm taking them to Nick's Roman Terrace for the families and the graduates. And if you have any graduates that you need us to recognize for the service, please send me all that information on the back of the bulletin. Name, school, baby picture, graduate picture, pictures of them growing up, future plans, and my email is on there. So we'd love to make sure to not miss anyone and celebrate all of our high school and college graduates graduates this year. I also want to make... Uh, a, a mention of next Sunday is our Rise Against Hunger Sunday, and also at the beginning of the service, we're going to have a couple being baptized, so make sure you're here on time for our special day of worship together. One other reminder, the deacon nomination sheets are in the back, and there's one week left, and uh, you can turn them in to Bob or into the church office. And Bob will be here as well next week collecting them. So we have one week left on the deacon nomination sheets for you to turn those in. Is Karen here for Rise Against Hunger? Chuck's doing it? All right, come on up, Chuck. <laughs> He's going to talk about Rise Against Hunger for our next Sunday's ministry. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. No sad faces, no complaining. This is the day that he's given to us. I come to tell you about uh, Rise Against Hunger this morning. Uh, our numbers are a little down this year, and we would like to boost those numbers up. And some may say, well, how can I make a difference here? You know, if I don't show up, there'll be somebody to cover. And I'm reminded of a story in the book of Mark, sixth chapter, and we know the familiar story of how Jesus fed five, over 5,000 people. In feeding those 5,000 people, he sent out his disciples into the crowd. And he came back, two fish and seven loaves of bread. That little boy or that person who he got that food from probably thought, what in the world is he going to do with that? How can I make a difference? There's too many people here. I can't make any difference. This little bit of food is not going to do anything. Little did he know what Jesus could do with that. And in the end, everybody got fed. We can do that same thing next Sunday, but we need strong backs from our men. We need our youth. We need the elderly. We need everybody. We need family members. Bring your neighbors. Bring them all over, and let us make an impact in somebody's life, somebody that you don't even know that didn't have the opportunity this morning to have breakfast, somebody that you don't know that won't have an opportunity this afternoon to have dinner, but if we come together pack over 20,000 meals, we can make a difference, put smiles on people's faces, and know that we did something positive 
Let McKinneysville Baptist Church come out next Sunday in such a force that we can pack a record number of meals. I'll be in the back of the church after service. For those who don't have computers to sign up, I will take your name and we'll get you signed up for next Sunday. But please join us next Sunday for that. Thank you. Romans chapter 10, 11 through verse 15. For scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed, for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him 
in whom they've not believed? How will they believe in him whom they've not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the faith in which you give us, the faith in which we can stand strong in you, Lord Jesus, and know that you are Lord of all. God, we thank you that you call people to yourself, that we as your people can live a life that brings you glory, that brings you honor, and that makes great the name of Jesus. Help us this day as we worship you to honor you in our spirit, and to honor you in truth, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, I would like for us to focus on our faith and our trust in our Lord Jesus Savior this morning. And in doing so, I'd ask you to turn to hymn number 405, standing as we sing, Have Faith in God. We come to a portion in our service where we want to pay Memorial Day tribute to those who gave the last full measure of service to us so that we could be free and have the opportunity to come together and worship in freedom because of what those who came before us were willing to do in order to provide for our freedom. We remember them. We salute them. I have a poem I would like to read, and after the poem, I'd ask you to stand for a moment of silence.
Then I'll have you be seated and we'll have the pastoral prayer. I do want to mention to you as well that two weeks ago uh, on Wednesday, uh, I had the opportunity to attend the Policeman's Memorial Breakfast uh, that is hosted by the VFW in conjunction with the Hanover County Sheriff's Office. And at that meeting, we were informed that from January 1st of 2016 till May 10th of 2017, 190 police officers lost their lives in this country in the line of duty. And so we certainly would like to remember uh, those officers at this time. And most recently, uh, Special Inspector uh, Walter, who passed away as a result of a gunshot uh, just this past Friday. We certainly need to remember his family as well. The poem is entitled, To Them We Owe. Happened today and in the past, sacrifice made for hours to last. Wives to widows, families torn, gave their lives for them we mourn. Gone forever, souls are lost. Freedom comes with this cost. Enjoy the life they did preserve. Fate they suffered did not deserve. On this day, lest we forget, to them we owe our life in debt. Will you stand, please, for a moment of silence? And you may be seated. Shall we pray? Eternal God, as we bow in your presence on this day that you have given to us, we remember. We remember those who are not with us today because of their sacrifice on our behalf. We give thanks for their lives and for their families. We give thanks for the gift that they were and are to us. And we pray that as we remember them, we might be challenged. Challenged to never take for granted the freedom that we enjoy. We give thanks, Father, for them and for their lives. We also pray this morning, Father, for the many police officers who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Particularly, we pray for Trooper Walter today, for his family. We know, Father, that they are grieving so deeply that comfort will be difficult to break through. And yet, by your grace, you can. And so we call upon you to be with his widow and with his children. We're grateful, Father, that we have this time to pause, to pray, and to know that you hear. Forgive us for our sins. Cleanse us by the power of your grace. We're thankful, Father, for those who we can pray for, who have needs, physical, spiritual, 
emotional, whatever they may be, we give them to you. For those who have lost loved ones in recent days, we lift them up to you. And pray that your power and your presence might bring comfort. We also pray for the many of our church family who are traveling on this weekend. We pray for their safety and for their return to us. As we open your word in a few moments, Father, let us listen that we might hear a word from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we stand to sing hymn number 630, I'd ask that we stand with hearts full of gratitude for the beauty of this America and for a spirit of thankfulness and tribute to those who have given their lives for the freedoms that we enjoy each and every day. Standing as we sing hymn number 630, America the Beautiful. Let us pray. Gracious, sovereign God, Lord of all nations, we pause to reflect upon our blessings as a nation and the high cost of those blessings for many. We pray today for the family and friends of those who have given their lives in service to our nation. We also pray for our missionaries both at home and abroad that you will continue to bless their ministry and use them to make an eternal difference in the lives of many. May our gifts assist the preaching of the gospel so that men and women may be remade in your likeness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
shadows of this life have gone, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars has flown, I'll fly away. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the 11th chapter of Hebrews, verses 8 through 19. In anticipation of this being Memorial Day weekend, the Sunday before Memorial Day, I think this is a very appropriate scripture as we read beginning in verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country, Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. As we come to a time of remembrance each year in our nation on Memorial Day, it is important to remember those who stepped out into the unknown to defend our freedom from tyranny and evil. We would be neglectful and disrespectful to not pause and give thanks for the lives that were given 
for our freedom. A freedom that we are exercising right now by being in the house of the Lord. The memories of those who have given their lives for our freedoms should never be far from us. And we should always remember the sacrifices they made for our freedom. These men and women should always stand as giants in our past and their memories should never diminish. In these verses from Hebrews, we see the great giants of the ages assembled to hear their massive witness to their faith in God. Here is the story of gallant men and women who went forward toward goals they did not clearly see and toward ideals that lay beyond the reach of humanity. The entire passage gathers around the response of faith to the revelation of God. The author draws incidents from Genesis, Exodus, Joshua, and Judges to illustrate the primary importance of faith. The importance in this passage is seen in the truth that it goes beyond the Old Testament pattern which never uses men as models models of faith to be praised. Instead, the heavy emphasis in the Old Testament is on our sin and on our dependence upon God's forgiving grace. That the writer's examples of faith speak in every generation, not simply as an immortal memory, but it stimulates faith in others so that God speaks through him and through our faith even in the living present. God speaks to others through the stories of faith as seen as in Hebrews and throughout the scripture. Jesus related the story of a father who had two sons whom he asked to work in the vineyard. One son immediately voiced his rebellion with the haughty response, I will not. I can imagine the shame the father felt having raised a son who could be so disrespectful. In response to the father's command, the second son lightly agreed to go to work. The problem was he never did show up in the vineyard. Here you have a case of a father being disappointed and ashamed at the conduct of both sons. The first son brought shame, but afterward thought differently and reported to work in the vineyard. The father's shame was turned to pride. The second son's words brought pride to the father, but his actions later brought shame. The Bible pictures... God is our heavenly father and sets for our example the faithfulness of Abraham who along with other models of faith received the commentary God is not ashamed to be called their God. They acted on faith. Let us look at such people. God is not ashamed of willing people. In verses 8 and 9 we see the obedience of Abraham to obey. God can use only people who are willing to be used. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, went out not knowing where he went. The literal language of the Bible indicates that Abraham went immediately. He didn't need any attractive travel folders telling him of enticing lands. In fact, he was not even told what land God had in mind. He went because his faith was an obedient faith. God called, 
and he responded. The life of faith always begins with sealed orders that we must be willing to follow. We are only allowed to open up these orders one day at a time. God asked Abraham to go to a land that he would show him. And he went. God is not ashamed of people who will leave security behind. Abraham sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. The journey begun by Abraham would encompass many years. He would travel from one place to another, dwelling in tents and living out the uncertain existence of an alien. Even when the time came that he could settle down in Canaan, he was forced to do it as a stranger. For the land was his in promise only. When he arrived at the place promised to him, Abraham found it still in the hands of others. He was compelled to live in this land which God had promised to him as a foreigner. He nevertheless retained his patience and hope. He trusted God to fulfill his promise. God also is not ashamed of spiritually minded people. Verse 10. Only the spiritually minded are willing to give up earthly security to follow the will of God. Abraham seems to understand that only God's promises have reality, although they are unseen. He continued his wanderings because he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 10. The tents in which Abraham lived throughout the years, had no foundation, offered no security. Yet he believed in the reality of a heavenly city whose foundations were the work of God himself. Abraham's patience was maintained by the assurance that God's promises would be fulfilled in him. To the ancient Hebrew, a city was the symbol of a settled and secure condition. The Old Testament saints understood that their greatest possession was their relationship with the living God. They understood that any earthly blessings were but visible manifestations of such a relationship with God. They believed in the value of spiritual treasures. Abraham's hope was centered altogether in the family which God had promised him, but even more in the future life in the unseen world. Jesus in the upper room with his disciples reminded them that he was going to prepare a place for them. And if he was going to prepare a place for them, he would come again and receive them unto himself, that where he is, they may be also. But the only way to get there is to put your faith and trust in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and walk each day in his presence. God also is not ashamed of trusting people. Verse 13. Concerning Abel, Enoch, Noah, Sarah, and Abraham, it is said, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They trusted even in death. It is said that these people died in faith. A literal translation indicates that these people died according to faith. God grants to His children a grace that gives them courage to face death and sustains them in that moment. 
Those who trust God are not afraid to die because they have walked with Him each day and their faith keeps them moving forward. The faithful people of the Old Testament did not understand all that would be involved in God's promise of salvation, yet they waved at these promises though they were obscured by the fog of intervening centuries. The scoffers called such promises mirages in the desert of life, but the faithful recognized them as reality. By faith, they waited on God. They also waited in life. The people who are able to trust God in death are those who have learned to trust Him in life. This means that they do not measure their earthly success by the size of their bank account. They are content to be strangers and pilgrims on earth. In ancient days, a great stigma was attached to aliens and strangers. They often were suspected and hated and held in contempt by the local people who no doubt were suspicious of why they had left their original home. But Abraham was content to spend his life on the road if that was God's will. When his wife Sarah died, Abraham had to bargain for a plot of ground in which to bury her. If we are to trust God, we must be willing to see ourselves as pilgrims journeying toward eternity. But the supreme test of Abraham is seen in God's command to offer up Isaac. Abraham and Sarah's only son. Should Isaac be put to death, God would not be able to carry out his promise that Abraham's seed would be as numerous as the grains of sand on the shore. Yet God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Pagans often sacrificed their children. God seemed to be asking Abraham if his devotion was as great as that offered by pagans to their false god. How true are these words. The things of God seem to fight against the things of God. And faith fought with faith and the commandment fought with the promise. Yet scripture tells us that Abraham was willing to take the life of his own son. Believing that God would raise him from the dead and thus continue his promise. This is trust. Abraham trusted God enough to do something that seemed so out of character. And so far-fetched with the promises that had been made. And yet he did it because he had sold out totally to God. He trusted God. God is not ashamed of loyal people. Abraham had ample opportunity to return to his own country and to go back on his commitment to God, yet he did not. Verse 15 tells us that that could have happened. They had a desire for a heavenly home. The reason Abraham did not betray God by going back to his homeland was simple. He desired a better country, that is, a heavenly country. Abraham, like every man, desired a homeland, yet he preferred a heavenly homeland to that of the earthly realm. To be sure, there are spots on earth that become dear to us. Years ago, a missionary, while returning home from foreign soil, saw his child die and was forced to bury the little one at sea. He recorded the latitude and longitude of the position, longing to remember the point where his loved one rested. And yet Abraham never looked back. 
He always looked forward in his walk with God. And we would be wise to do the same. It is the desire for heaven and the knowledge that we shall see our loved one again that stir in our hearts the ultimate loyalty to God. We should refuse to be traitors. Scripture says, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity of return. The literal grammar of the passage tells us that if Abraham and his family had kept on thinking of Ur, they constantly would have had opportunities to return. Yet their loyalty and trust for God prevailed. Abraham seemed to care what God and eternity would have to say about him. He was not the kind of man that wanted to live forever with the knowledge that he'd failed God and thus failed life. Not knowing when death would come, Abraham chose to live out each day in faithfulness so that if it be the last day, all would be well. God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. Here God is presented as taking pride in what he has prepared for those who have faith in him. Had God not prepared adequately for his people after promising them that he would, he then would have been ashamed to call himself their God. He had already built a city. He was the builder and maker. And in that city which is the homeland of the faithful, God takes pride. Because the people that find their way there are those who have trusted in the Lord Jesus. One summer day, a man took his three-year-old daughter to a kiddie park in Dallas to ride the rides. He put her on a small ride, which she insisted on trying, even though it was the scariest. As she whipped around the corners in the kitty car, she wrinkled up her face into a terrified cry. He tried to catch her attention. And finally, she caught his eye. And he was smiling and shouting, Hey, this is fun. When she saw that her father was not terrified but smiling, she also began to laugh. What was once terrifying became enjoyable, even fun. He thought then how our Heavenly Father will put us on some scary rides. Scary rides in life, not really to terrify us, but to cause us to catch His eye. To teach us that He is in control. And we can trust Him. It is easy to live in unfaithfulness, thinking that we will make things right with God before the end comes. But we must determine that we shall live each day in such a way that should it be our last, God would not be ashamed of us. When God chose to reveal himself to Moses, he called himself the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Insert your name into that statement. Would God be willing to identify himself by naming you as his child? In the movie that came out many years ago, Saving Private Ryan. There's a scene in the movie where an older Ryan is standing in the cemetery at Normandy. Looking at one of the graves of one of the men who sacrificed his life in order to save Private Ryan. And tears welled up in his eyes 
and he looked at his family. And he said something to the effect, was my life worth it? You see, sacrifice was made. And he wanted to make sure that his life had been a life that was worth saving. The joy of a relationship with Jesus Christ lies in the fact that he thinks our lives are worth it. To the point that he was willing to die on the cross and overcome death through the resurrection so that through him we could have life. We can remember men like Abraham. And we can take heart in knowing that in his life things weren't always mapped out. But he did what we're called to do. Walk in faith. And trust God. With your tomorrow. Shall we pray? Gracious and eternal God. We bow before you this morning giving thanks for your servant Abraham. For he indeed is our understanding of faith in action. May we, Father, find in our lives the ability to trust you in the same way. To look to you. To finish our faith in the future. To show us the way each day. And I pray, Father, that if there's one here who has never surrendered their life to you, that they might make that statement of faith and they might begin to trust you with all of their tomorrow. Speak to our hearts as you already have through your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of invitation is Trusting Jesus. We are called to trust Jesus each day. And as we trust him, he will lead our paths. May we be like Abraham. And find that faith within us to do what the Lord requires. The invitation is open to anyone who would receive Christ as Savior. Whatever your desires, we stand and sing hymn number 417.
Thank you for worshiping together on this Memorial Day Sunday. I'm grateful that you've come to be a part of this service today. And it's always a joy to be together in the house of the Lord. Uh, don't forget that Chuck Jackson will be in the foyer of the church to sign you up for Rise Against Hunger if you want to take part in that. Remember, we have one service next week so that we can gather for our mission project after the service and pack the meals. Uh, there's a job for everybody. Uh, it does not matter what your ability is. There is something that you can do with Rise Against Hunger. So I hope that you will take the time to sign up and be a part of that mission experience next week. Again, thank you for being a part of this service today. Let me mention to you as well that uh, Ann Coleman, who was uh, the secretary of this congregation for uh, 23 years, uh, passed away this past week, and her service is on Thursday. Is it one or two, Pat? One. One at St. Paul's Episcopal Church here in Mechanicsville. And just wanted to make you aware that it is in the paper today uh, if you want to take note. We uh, give our sympathy to uh, Jean this morning. Uh, it was Jean's twin sister. I think you all are aware of that. So we want to be in prayer for Jean and for the family in the loss of her sister. Let's bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we depart on this day given to us by your grace, may we seek to serve you and walk in faith each day. As we trust you, Father, we know that you lead us where you would have us to be. May we go willingly, as the example before us of Abraham shows us so beautifully. Bless us as we depart. In the name of Jesus, amen.